Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we have a six-game slate here on Tuesday night in the NBA for you guys. In this one, we are taking a look at a pretty fun matchup here in the West. Memphis is in Denver, taking on the Nuggies with a few players questionable. So got to make sure you uh, check that out and stay on that. Uh, also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have all of our great written content uh, and as well as our odds finder tool. You can use that to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all these bets you make in the NBA this season. Get the best odds available there. Uh, Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this six-game slate and then talk about this fun game out west denver and memphis only five games i do believe you had it right the first time jazz minus three at detroit uh we got the other game we break down warriors right now are plus four and a half at the knicks the bulls are plus six at miami plus five maybe depending where you get it wizards plus eight at the suns we're on a back-to-back and then this game which opened memphis plus three it's now Memphis minus one um, because Josh mentioned there are some guys questionable for Denver. Uh, KCP, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. is out. Jeff Green is questionable. Jokic is listed day to day, but he's pretty much probable with a with a little bump knee uh, coming off a monster line against Charlotte. The totals at two thirty three here, and I understand why it's high. Of course, um, Memphis. You know, only two games removed from dropping 142 points on the Bucks, the, the previous one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, and Denver playing with ridiculous offensive efficiency, especially at home in their last six. They have a 124 offensive rating, scoring 123 per game. But they've really been like living in the paint in those games. Um, you know, they're shooting just 28 percent from three. They're scoring the highest percentage of their points off free throws in their last three overall. And they have 71 paint points in those last three. And this is not going to work against Memphis with Steven, both Steven Adams and uh, Triple J out there patrolling. You know, since getting Triple J back, the Memphis defense is so much better. Their, their rating's gone down five points per 100 possessions. Right now, they're allowing the six fewest paint points overall. On the road and the second fewest overall in their last three. And they've had their struggles on the road, like many a team in the NBA. But, I, I mean, they they are, as road dogs, so far winless. But so they have flipped, Josh, from road dogs to road favorites, technically. So I'll just tell you, as favorites, they're 18-5 and five with a uh, nine average margin of victory of nine points per game. And they've been off since Saturday, and they're five and one with at least two days off, covering by thirteen points per game when they get that little extra rest. Ja got a little extra rest because after sixteen minutes, he got ejected for some sort of you know grandstanding on the officials while talking to a fan uh, at OKC, and then Memphis goes on to lose without Ja. You know this is the third loss, the third loss in their last. Uh, Six road games where Ja just was nowhere to be found. I mean, the previous two because of injury. So there's some weird stuff here to explain their home road splits. They also had a loss in Minnesota where they somehow had 24 turnovers to 17 assists, but they got 20 offensive rebounds as well. I mean, it's just like very odd. Uh, the fact that they're 17th in offensive efficiency on the road. They have the sixth worst assist to turnover ratio. So, I, I mean... I, I'm looking at Memphis 
sputtering offensively at Denver, not being able to just knife through the paint the way they have against some of these softer teams. And I actually like under at 233, pretty high total. There's a chance it even gets up a couple more points just because of the reputation. I mean, you have Jokic, who's posting like the, the most absurd individual offensive rating. You have Ja, who seemingly can't be stopped and has – monster numbers his last three in Denver, 34 points per game, shooting 56%. But we've seen Memphis in, in some of these road games when Ja does play, like he he can put up 36, but there's no assists happening. There's no Desmond Bain. There's no co-star for him. I I, I don't see this turning into a, a, a crazy shootout, uh, to be honest. I mean, Memphis, they you can say what you will about their offense in this in this span here where they had won seven straight and nine of ten. They also have a one hundred three defensive rating in that span, and they they've had a couple low scoring wins over Denver recently. Uh, those were back in Memphis, granted, um, but you know I I just think in this situation. That, that there's enough there's enough to limit here and and Denver is actually eight and four to the under despite their efficiency. I don't know how much of that efficiency is the fact that you know they've been playing the Hornets, Wizards, and Rockets in those home games recently. Well, it's not even just recently to be honest with you, dude. It's uh it's all season that the um the the Nuggets have the easiest strength of schedule played right now uh, by a pretty decent margin when you look at like sort of the the average opponent rank uh, who they're playing based on the, their opponent's wins. Um, they're not playing teams with a lot of wins, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, I would I would say that you know for for what you've seen from them, things have been kind of soft, and you you said it, and I, I did. You know we don't do a show on the weekends, but as soon as I, it's sort of a nice little rule when you see a really solid center in the NBA who's a good on offense playing against the Charlotte Hornets, go ahead and bet them. Uh, which is the good idea for Jokic, uh, Jokic against the um, against the Hornets the other day. But more importantly, like that's just a, a really solid example of, of who they've been playing and why they've been winning um, at home so well. And and same for for the Grizzlies in terms of explaining why they've been you know maybe potentially losing some of these games on the road. It seems a little bit weird as well. Um, and 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 some of their opponents have been some of the better teams. I mean, they lost you know losing to the Thunder the other day was like you said, Ja basically he just said after he got a first technical for yelling at the ref directly then later in the game he and a fan were just like messing with each other and the, the fan was like you sh- yo get it going and he goes i would get it going if these refs would give me a call and then he got ejected for that so that was also pretty soft uh and that ruined a, what could have been a really fun matchup with sga but at any rate um you know now you know now that they're coming back to this game in denver and, and they've got another two on the road i don't see this as a trap game i mean the suns game coming up next the suns are, are putting teams in uh in, in a chokehold right now and, and destroying them with since book came back uh and then the dubs which you always look forward to that game obviously uh, a team that, that that knocked him out of the playoffs but uh more more importantly for this one i don't see it as a trap game of any kind this is just a very big uh, moment for them and they just lost to the thunder which was the team that they probably wanted to make sure that they win against on the road so if anything they're for sure going to be bringing it we've seen the nuggets lay lay down and roll over a couple times this season uh, in games where they came out and had double-digit deficits in the first quarter and, and then turned that into about 20-point deficits in the second quarter and then just kind of roll over on in, in that sense. 
And this is a game that I could see a little bit more for them as the one that's like, all right, you know, I, I we ha- they haven't played that well against the the, the Grizzlies in the past. Uh, if you're looking at what's happened, you know, in, in sort of the, the most recent history, at least at home, I know they won the last one there. But then, yeah, the, the Grizz were able to take the, the, the previous two from them, previous three from them uh, dating back to last season. And, and that is because of what you were saying here where, you know, both these teams live in the paint, but one of them is top three in defending the paint. And, and that's, you know, Memphis and, and Denver. Uh, if you want to see how good they are, you have to go all the way down down uh, pretty far to, for them to, in terms of their paint defense, like allowing the 10th most points there uh, from, from inside the paint. So uh, because of what we know about, you know, what Memphis is going to do, get up and down the court, um, Denver's not really limiting uh, opponents in terms of their fast break points either, uh, failing to get back, giving up at the seventh most points there. So it's a couple of those things that, you know, second chance points and, and, and points in the paint and then fast break points. And if you're not able to stop those things against Memphis, uh, as we saw Joe Val, you know, or Joe Val, Steven Adams continue. Uh, to play really well alongside Triple J is Triple J, you know, has made a huge impact on their defense. And that's in part because Steven Adams is doing his thing to clear out the paint, which we know. And then uh, Triple J comes in and is able to swat shots from afar and things of that nature. So I, I like that matchup and ability for them to, to put the clamps on, on Jokic as much as one's able to do that with a combined effort there. Um, and, and then for them to be able to get theirs in the paint and, and, and all the places that they like to, since Denver's defense is still pretty questionable. Yeah, Denver, you mentioned it. The paint points, the fast break points, that's a real issue when you're facing Memphis. They are, however, really good denying second chance points, which again makes me kind of circle back to and under uh, that, you know, Memphis, while they might be able to score with some efficiency, I mean, they're not going to get many second chance opportunities. And then on the other end, Denver's actually been a surprising fast break team. Uh, I mean, recently, 23 fast break points per game. They have 20 per game at home. Memphis, in their last three, is the second-best transition defense in the league. And, yeah, they will be motivated for sure after that loss at OKC. I mean, they're motivated on a nightly basis. They were just money uh, against the spread last season, and we haven't really been able to follow them. You know, it's kind of – Every time they hit the road, they're another team that just suddenly can't can't give a consistent effort. But I think we will start to see that from them. I mean, the the, the public is all over this right now. It's up to minus one and a half as we speak. I'm recording this on Monday night. By the time we're, we're the show is out on, on Tuesday afternoon, maybe Memphis is the three point favorite, and, and Denver's you know trailing at home. But I do like the idea of of an under and maybe Memphis. Um, winning with the under despite the fact that they they tend to do better in high scoring games uh but i i think the uh 235 or lower is is definitely good for me yeah i mean you you want it to you Definitely want it to keep climbing a bit if if you can get it uh, for for that under. Uh, definitely a bit ballsy just in in the, the the excellent offense that you see from both teams. But um, you know, like we keep saying, if, if Memphis is going to be able to guard the paint the rate that they are, that's where everything stems from. And, and shout out uh, Bruce Brown definitely has to be the direct reason there for those fast break points being where they're at for this team. Him getting out in transition, uh, him getting rebounds and out in transition versus Jokic getting rebounds and out in transition, big difference. So when he's able to do that uh, and lead things with Aaron. 
Gordon and even KCP getting out there with them. Obviously, Jamal Murray getting back into shape. I, I do like that transition offense, but um, the fact that, yeah, like we keep saying, Memphis has been able to also limit that and, and is getting back on defense uh, to the tune of the fifth best and limiting opponent fast break points. So um, you got to like the the idea of both teams wanting to keep the other from doing too much fast paced stuff uh, and and really keep their you know their, your efficient shots from from down low uh, be be the way that these teams keep scoring if possible. So and the Knicks are also red hot uh, as you mentioned here seven straight wins three at home during the streak with an incredible 91 defensive rating allowing nothing in the paint in that span and and struggling to score but I, I know you might think that that indicates under I I am not taking an under with this Golden State Warriors team and definitely not on the road uh, I mean their defense is absolutely abysmal and the way they're going to play without Steph Curry is a lot a lot more pace actually it's going to be a lot more jordan pool um you know live and die by the pool and uh you know see if they can get something going with 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 the game more up tempo and they they were able to get a lot of free throws in two of their last three games that did eventually lead to a win in toronto we were a little too reluctant to just bet uh you know to fade them right away against indy or philadelphia with steph out but turns out they were fadeable uh, because turns out the fact that when you have a negative 125 plus minus uh, when your best player is off the floor, there's something to that. Uh, and, and when you're struggling, can, can't buy a win with Steph Curry, with him playing at the highest level of his career on the road, you can buy a win. Um, you know, I don't think that that's really going to change. Just because, you know, you see this this phenomenon all the time in the NBA that when the star goes out, the rest of the team shares the ball better and they play better. But Steph Curry's kind of the antithesis of that kind of like Kyrie Irving's out. So everyone's going to see more touches um, and, and play better and rally better because he's a joy to play with and he keeps the ball moving and he opens the spacing. And uh, I mean, Andrew Wiggins being out is also a huge uh, negative for the Warriors defense as well, uh, especially the way R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle have come along now. Uh, the Knicks have proven very capable of playing in shootouts and low scoring games recently. Uh, they've kind of been a magnet for overtime games as well, which has helped have some of those overs. Uh, and the, I mean, yeah, I come back to like this is now Jordan Poole's team and the Warriors are going to continue to hoist threes an extremely high rate. They're playing in Madison Square Garden, uh, where visiting players tend to to bring their shot. And, and um, yeah, I mean, but their defense is just so bad that I, I very much would take the Knicks at minus four and a half. And I think I would lean towards this game going over as well, because I think the Knicks are going to score maybe 120. So maybe you just want their team total. I, I kind of want all that. And, and it's so funny because as I was going through all of this, um, you know, that everything that you just sort of went through has been my thought process as well. And and I, I took the same roundabout way to get there. The first thought is, I don't know, it started at 224, by the way, down to 222 and a half, at least on DraftKings, you can get the, an over on that. And Basically, I, I started looking for ways that this might go under and then immediately was just like, I got nothing for you. I mean, I, I know how good uh, the Knicks defense has been of late. Uh, I'm so happy to say that Evan Fournier has not seen the floor uh, in the last seven games that they've won. 
Derrick Rose has played like five minutes a game in those seven that they've won. Uh, and, and no, you know, no true, uh, you know, malice meant towards those guys. Uh, but if you're going to have guys that aren't playing great defense in, in your veterans, such as, you know, Derrick Rose uh, and, um, and Evan Fournier, then why not just go ahead and get those guys like Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel Quickly uh, and even some Miles McBride? Like, why not just get those guys in if, if they're all playing defense as poorly as... But then guess what? He put those guys in and their defensive rating drops as, you know, and, and is as good as you've been talking about uh, that it is right now, which is obviously best in the league over the course of the last seven. You look at their games at home as well, all going under, but I mean, their defensive rating playing, at, uh, you know, 91 and a half. That pace is still at 98.5. Uh, and, and so I know that they're, you know, they're, they're did, you know, guarding the three incredibly well uh, to the tune of 27.6% that they're allowing from deep uh, over the course of this seven game win streak. Definitely number one, only 9.13 made during that streak as well. Um, you know, they played a few teams in there that are, are definitely, uh, you know, three point shooting fast paced teams. Obviously the Pacers is sort of a good measuring stick because these uh, Stephless Warriors just played those Pacers uh, and that game went clear over, you know, 244 was the, the final total there. Um, and, and obviously that barrage of threes on both sides, a lack of defense and just pace 108.5 pace then the Knicks come to town and play that exact same Pacers team with all the same players in and they keep that pace all the way down to what they've been at you know roughly like 98 or uh, 90 yeah 98.5 um limiting the team you know them to to, uh, 13 for 38 from three uh Pacers team that is shooting a ton of threes and scoring uh you know fourth most the fourth highest percentage of points from deep so like it's not like the Knicks could not insert their will if they wanted to the problem and the reason that I then just flip to the under is as soon as you start looking at all the, the the Warriors' defensive stats, because it doesn't matter if they were playing like Eastern Los Angeles Community College, they would probably be giving up, uh, you know, 120 defensive rating uh, and allowing 120 points per game because that's what they do to whomever they're playing against right now, uh, and it's pretty disappointing. Steph hasn't been the problem for them on the road. It's been their defense and lack thereof. Um, team's not really going to the paint against them, which is interesting because they're still just giving up 40% uh, versus three. So they're not allowing nearly as many paint points as you might think for a team that is, is definitely struggling in that area without a true center uh, outside of Kavan, who's doing his best, but he's still six foot nine uh, unathletic center. And then Draymond is, you know, the shell of himself that we've seen even in these last four without, you know, without Steph. And, and I, that fourth game was the one against the Bucks. But I, I think the Knicks are, there's, there's opportunity for them to just keep shooting from deep RJ uh, and Jalen and, and um, JR J- Julius Randall are just going to continue to eat. There's no reason that to think that they're not every way that they score second chance points for Randall. Who's been getting 11 and a half rebounds a game uh, over the course of this seven game win streak, RJ Barrett uh, shooting two, you know, 36% from deep Jalen shooting 50% from deep Quentin Grimes shooting 45% from deep. So if you're going to allow a teams to shoot 40% on the road from beyond the arc, which is what they've been doing. Look at the team that they've it was the Raptors, and guess who can't make threes to the tune of the the, the worst three point shooting team, essentially, and the fewest made in the, in the league, Toronto, uh, which is, is there continues to be their downfall. Even if guys like Pascal are scoring thirty nine against the, uh, the the 76ers like he did uh, on on Monday night. But point main main point being like what these teams do, what New York does well on offense is going to be a feast for them in this one. Um, and and th- that reason alone, yeah, feel for great about taking that, um, you know, the over on their team total. And then for the game, it's that 222. That's still pretty low. If you expect that many points, I think you expect the Dubs to get at least 110 to 115 in this one. Yeah, 108 and a half pace they played at at Indiana. That is absurd. Uh, oh. And to then give up that many open looks when you're doing that, 
Look, I mean, if you expect the Warriors to come with a good defensive showing, it, it has to be Draymond Green. And you mentioned him as a shell of himself. He's also like kind of the yin missing his yang now. And as soon as Steph went out, his his lines are just atrocious here in that rest of that Milwaukee game. Sure. In that Indiana game that was played at a brisk pace, he went for the old one, two, three line with six turnovers. And then he did come out and play well against Toronto after sitting a game. But Toronto, we've covered in multiple games, absolutely horrendous on defense without OG Ananobi as well. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to get right there and and limit a, a really struggling team does not give me a lot of confidence that the Warriors are going to be able to cover this spread. I understand why people hit it at plus six, but I, I think that's kind of foolish because this is a really a feast or famine team. I don't think that they're, they're the type of team to hang around and just lose by four or five. They're either going to lose by like 16 or they're going to be in this game and maybe win it and maybe win it by 12 or something like it's It's just a question of whether Jordan Poole goes unconscious, basically. And I, for me, I'm I'd rather bet against that uh, when you have an, a full team from the Knicks, when you have a, a, a good defensive coach and Tibbs and, 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 a, and a good scheme. Um, and I'd rather bet against Draymond Green. You know, suddenly right. finding his his fire and and leadership that's kind of been absent all season to get them to play defense on the road. So yeah, Knicks points and Knicks to cover. Yeah, um, I I'm, I don't want to talk about the punch, but you brought up the fact that he's not being as quite uh, you know maybe he's vocal, but it seems like it's a lot more geared towards the refs uh, than it is to his teammates at this point. Uh, maybe he doesn't have their respect quite as much, but either way, yeah, it's also just his his ability you know to just fly back and forth and play that Ed Reed style free safety in the NBA that he's always been known to play. Just it seems a little bit more slow footed, to be honest, just a half a step slower. Uh, he's getting foul calls instead of, you know, instead of getting stops there and, and being in, in correct position. So uh, he doesn't have any help either with Wiggins out. It should be stated uh, their defensive rating jumps up from 112 to 117. That's not a surprise at all. One of the best defensive wings in the league for whatever you want to say about how his offensive game looked before he got to the Warriors. He's always been a good defensive player, freak athlete uh, who, when he's committed is, is, is incredible. So yeah, he's got one of the best individual uh, defensive ratings. And as a result, you know, this team suffers greatly on defense without him. Uh, he frees up guys to do a lot. So yeah, they're, they're in trouble in this one. And, and even if they are able to sort of score a bunch of points, um, which I could see them doing for sure. The, the, you trust the Knicks to get the stops they need at the end. You never trust the Warriors to be able to get the stops they need right now uh, as they, they couldn't guard a nosebleed. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and kick things off with your first play-up prop for tonight. Yeah, the Utah Jazz are on a revenge tour, except it's other people getting their revenge on them. Donnie Mitchell, 23 points and three quarters last night, and now we get Boyan Bogdanovich in his first matchup with his former team. His prop is to get 23 points as well, and I like that a lot more than I liked Mitchell to get 29 
because just the the fear we had that Utah wouldn't be competitive on the road. They're 0 and 6 in their last six roadies, 125 defensive rating, allowing 120 in their last three games overall. They're allowing a league high 48 percent from deep. Uh, so I, I like Bogey 23 points. I like him to get hit three threes, which is near even money at FanDuel. I mean, he's been the man for Detroit, obviously, since Cade Cunningham was officially shut down for the season in his last four, 27 and a half points per game on 31% usage. And he, he's just one of the most consistent lethal shooters, 45, 38, 97 splits, hitting three and a half threes per game on eight and a half attempts. And Utah is just not defending three point line. They're not defending small forwards uh, very well either. So I'm not scared of this matchup. I mean, he just had 27 against a Brooklyn team that's playing great defense. So uh, I, I feel pretty good about him being able to get his and, and about him being sharp uh, against his former team. Yeah, and I don't think we need to quite worry about uh, this thing getting out of hand the way the Donnie Mitchell game did, right? So uh, we'll get some fourth quarter participation from Boyan in this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been I've been picking Boyan pretty much like consistently, right? Like since Cade went down, I was like, look, like it says that he scores twenty two a game when Cade is out. That just like that's what why is his prop still at eighteen and a half or nineteen and a half? Um, twenty two and a half is probably where it should be. But this Jazz defense, once again, you probably get a little bit extra boost and juice on his total and stats here um you know from the fact that they're just they're, they're awful on defense right now and they're giving up a ton of rebounds everywhere so uh plenty of opportunity boyan's the the adult on this team uh and he's the man who's who's going to be with the ball in his hands in, in a moment where they really need a basket and to slow things down uh, and get back in a game so uh i'm gonna go back to a guy we've been talking about a bit lately because he's been hot and that's julius randall playing really well for these knicks on their seven game win streak now tied for the longest in the league with the orlando match oh i'm sorry no orlando lost to atlanta last night otherwise they would have tied so knicks have their solo spot of top uh, top uh, win streak in the league. Uh, Randall, like I said, over that, those seven games that they've won, 26.7 points a game, more than 11, about 11 and a half boards a game and four assists during that time. Uh, so if you're doing the math there, that gets you way over the 38 and a half PRA that he has tonight. He's pretty much been getting that with his rebounds and points. Um, so go ahead and throw the assists in there and feel pretty good about that. As like I said, he's averaging four since uh, they started winning all these games. Uh, in his last four versus Golden, or excuse me, in his last uh, two versus Golden State, at home in New York, uh, 28 a game, eight and a half boards and five assists in there as well. Uh, the Dubs used to be a better rebounding team as well when Draymond Green was his old self, as we talk about in that game video. Uh, so I think you can expect a few more boards for, for Julius tonight. Um, and then, yeah, in uh, Golden State's last four, they're allowing the seventh most offensive rebounds, uh, the eighth most rebounds overall, allowing the third most points per game um, to anybody. As we know, they're just not playing defense right now, allowing more than 120 points a game in their last five. Uh, and Golden State, on the season they're allowing the fifth most points per game and rebounds per game two power forwards probably a pretty big knock on the fact that the guy usually guarding those guys is, is Draymond Green and if he's in there playing center um, then maybe it's Jermichael Green but either way you feel pretty good about the, the position that, that Jay Randall is going to be in tonight to be able to score on this Dubs defense and fill up the stat line yeah but you're really harping on the rebounds uh, coming back to it 11 and a half and I think that's where you get the best odds here for Jay Randall. Uh, even money from the 10 boards or to get a double-double, which is basically the same thing. Uh, I think I prefer the points and rebounds to the assists, even though, I mean, Golden State's defensive efficiency is terrible on the road. He should pile up a few assists, but those are a little more of a fluctuation uh, in terms of just, you know, but his last three, he's really been boarding up, especially against some fast-paced teams. 
And I'm going to stick with this Pistons and Jazz game, uh, which has a total of 229.5. I would be going over that. We like Pistons overs these days. We mentioned how bad the Jazz have been defensively uh, recently. And the Pistons have gone over in three of their last four with a 124 defensive rating in that span. So uh, Utah's number one option is, is Jordan Clarkson, a guy who has the green light in any situation, who just put up 23 points despite the blow up blowout last night in Cleveland. Um, his last six on the road, 22 points per game on 29% usage. And he's getting good odds to go to 21 points here. Uh, his last two versus Detroit, getting 22 points per game again. And, and it's the efficiency that you look at shooting 46% from deep, hitting three and a half threes again. Basically the same way I feel about Boyan, if you want to take a couple threes, uh, because both these teams have just been so bad. Uh, I mean, Pistons allow it, allowed the, the Hawks to shoot 52% from three in their last game, and Atlanta, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league this season. So, I, I mean, with, with the state of their roster, they're not going to be guarding shooting guards very well. Uh, they haven't all season. So uh, Clarkson and Boyan both preferred overs for me tonight. Well, yeah, I mean, it, we're talking about points in that game. It seems pretty right on with a, a decently small slate, too, and, and uh, somewhat of a lack of options as we try to pick these you know, these player props with enough time ahead of these games to get get this info out to you guys. So Jordan Clarkson, and these two games are really sort of the, the, the best plays that we have uh, for what we can kind of feel like we expect to, to be happening in this game, and that's a lot of points in that Detroit game. Um, probably points in that Golden State game as well. I think we like that for the, the Knicks and Golden State. Um, but I am going to go with an under to finish things off from that game. Uh, as We've only got two games we're talking about here, but the uh, the Golden State Knicks game back to that one and Clay under in this one he's at twenty two and a half points um, under in this one is actually minus one twenty on DK for him to get less than twenty three points. Um, you could also look at the PRA as he's you know doing most of it, of his damage from from trying to score really not getting too much else uh, in the peripheral stats there. But um, you know you, Clay it's just a different season for him and in the three that they've played since losing Steph you could even throw uh, you know f- four games in there. But the the fourteen points a game on thirty four percent shooting for Clay is what stands out to you even in a game where they blew out the Raptors, uh, still didn't really have a, a solid clay performance there. An 87.9 individual offensive rating during that time, only 3.7 boards and two assists as well. Not exactly known for diming, but um, you would ex- maybe hope for a little bit more play- playmaking, claymaking from uh, from clay when, when Steph's not in. Faced New York twice since the injuries that he's, uh, that he's had that we all know about as well. And in that time frame, 18.5 points a game, five boards, and three and a half assists, all on a 25% usage rate. Um, he's, you know, shot pretty well at times from from decent uh from from three as well at 37 percent and three and a half of those made uh against new york as well but uh just not not quite the same you look at what new york's been doing in their last uh seven games we talked about it in the game video 27 and a half percent is what uh, opponents are shooting from deep for them they're also number one in limiting points in the paint so like uh, there's really nowhere to score on them they've got a 91 defensive rating in their last seven for a reason so um they're allowing the six you know I, i do like their defense down low I'd like it just as much, if not more, from the wing than at this point, you know, allowing the six fewest points per game to shooting guards, allowing the fewest assists per game to shooting guards. Um, They're just D'ing up uh, around the perimeter. And and like I said in the game as well, that's definitely a direct correlation between not playing those older dudes anymore and allowing guys like R.J. Barrett, uh, Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly. All these guys have like a a individual offensive rating or defensive rating lower than like 95 right now, which is insane because they're all just swarming all over the ball on the wing. So I really like what I'm seeing from them everywhere. and, And that just leads me to feel like there's a lot pointed towards Clay not being able to get his uh, his 23 tonight. Yeah, 23 is too high for Clay Thompson. I mean, he's a guy who 
as much as Draymond just feeds off the energy of Steph and feeds off the spacing to get his open looks, uh, I mean, if maybe if he was back at the height of his powers, he could be a creator in the absence of Steph. But that's not him. That's Jordan Poole as a 34% usage, scoring 31 a game since Steph went down. And, and Clay's going to try to play off that, but the, the spacing just isn't the same. And, and to, yeah, you're, you're totally right about the Knicks wing defenders because if they don't give 100% effort all the time, they're getting yanked. And that's what we saw. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago with RJ Barrett. And, and, you know, since then, they've all been given 100% at all times because that's what Tom Dibodeau expects from them. Uh, and so it's going to be hard for Clay to get it going against those guys. Yeah, I agree. I, I knew, I, I know that it's scary to take an under in this game in any way, but there's somebody on Golden State that's not getting theirs tonight. And the fact that Jordan Bull has the ball in his hands and is shooting at 35% of the time uh, means that, yeah, you're, it's too scary to take an under on him, even at like 28 and a half points, which I believe his prop has risen up to right now. I'm still feeling a little bit hesitant to uh, to go ahead and hit an under on that one, but Clay's uh, seems like it's a little bit too high on the points there. So that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We are writing this ship for you guys to tonight. So until we see you next, happy betting.